Hi, it's Lillian coming to you from the inside of my closet, literally sitting inside of my laundry hamper. As of right now, I've been self-isolating for about 15 days, and this episode was actually recorded the day before I retreated inside for what now feels like ever. In that time, everyone's life, money, mortality, interest in wearing real pants, it's changed completely. I debated if I should even put up this originally planned episode, this breezy meal planning episode, but numerous folks reassured me that they'd like a distraction and that world on fire or not, they still have to eat. Now more than ever, figuring out a meal plan for your two-week ration of ramen and protein powder is important. However, many folks have questions about how personal finance is rapidly changing. It seems like many of the rules that we've been told are completely suspended now. So I'll be answering whatever your questions are about changes to universal credit, unemployment, student loans, health insurance. And if you ask, I will explain what's going on with the stock and bond markets. I'd love to talk econ. So please write in your questions to questions at ohmydollar.com or you can tweet me at Anomalily and I'll try to answer every single question I get in just a few episodes over the next week. I'd also love to hear just little audio updates about how you're doing in the world. I know it can feel very lonely right now. You can leave us a voicemail in the U.S. at 503-877-4338. Don't worry, we won't pick up. It's just a voice line. That's 503-877-4338. That's just a voice line. Or you can always email us, if you're outside the U.S., a voice memo to questions at ohmydollar.com. Anyway, I'm looking forward to answering your questions. What wild times we live in. And uh, I guess enjoy this meal planning episode in my more innocent times. This show is supported by listeners like you through our Personal Finance Society, which is a fancy name for our patron members. You can join up with other Oh My Dollar community members to support episode transcripts, live streams, and more by making a pledge of $1 or more per month. Patrons get cool perks like cat stickers, discounts, and a special badge on our forums. To learn more, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here, we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. So today, I want to talk about a thing that has dramatically lowered the amount I spend on food, lowered my stress and anxiety, and also helped me make healthier choices. It's called meal planning. And this actually came as a suggestion from, I was asking around the office, like, what are things that you feel like you should know as an adult, but no one has sat down and explained to you. And someone said, meal planning. And meal planning for me was like a th- the kind of thing that it seemed like mommy bloggers with five-year-old, five kids did, not the kind of thing that I did. And while for years I'd been eating the same thing for breakfast and often like kind of had routinized what I took for lunch each day, I never had what I thought was a quote-unquote meal plan. Like, I never would write it down. That was just so many levels of extraction of, like, more organized than I was. And I felt like it was a level beyond what was, like, necessary. 
And it wasn't until I embarked on a 30 days of packing lunch challenge about six years ago, where I tried to get like everyone in my office to pack lunch for 30 days, that I actually started to realize that meal planning was extremely helpful. And now it's part of my life every week. I genuinely cannot believe how much time and money I wasted by not meal planning. Um, And my meal planning is pretty simple. You can get really extreme with spreadsheets and charts, but you can also just like write down what you're going to eat that week. It doesn't have to be complicated. I used to go to the grocery store like every other day because I had forgotten some random thing. So... This is a collection of tips for meal planning, some of which I have learned from my own experience and some of which I got folks to share with me. The first thing to know is it's okay to only plan for a few days. There is nothing magical about a week. Feel free to ease yourself in. I think a lot of people get scared and put a lot of pressure on it by feeling like they need to have the perfect bullet journal meal plan and it needs to be color-coded. But it's okay to give it a shot just with three days or four days, and see what it's like to plan. So what does the act of actually meal planning look like? It's literally just writing down what you're going to eat. Don't get caught up in a system. Just use whatever works best and most easily. So it could be just jotting down your little plan for the week on a post-it note and putting it up next to your monitor. It could be you know, decorating a gorgeous page in your bullet journal if you want. Um, It could just be like a, like notes that you put in Pinterest if that's the thing that works for you. And then once you get kind of start to come up with a plan, start a calendar of what you'd like to cook over the next few days or few weeks. Some people use Google calendars that have like notes on the day for each day's menu. Google calendar can work really well if you need to share it with someone else, like someone else expects it. But the most important thing is the process of actually writing down what you're going to eat. And it doesn't have to be super granular. It could be, you know, for years, mine was just Mac you know, I'd write Mac on Wednesdays and I'd write stir fry on Thursdays. It wasn't like I was writing a massive list out. And then the other thing is if you are starting meal planning because right now you eat out every single time you, you know, for every single meal, I don't want you to feel like every single meal needs to be eaten in the house. I I think some people get stuck in perfectionist thinking around this where they think they're going to switch to meal planning and suddenly they're going to cook all their food. But if you've previously been eating takeout and going out to food carts for lunch every single day and grabbing a smoothie and a coffee in on your way into work, like you're not going to immediately switch to doing everything. So a plan could just be like, hey, I've planned ahead and on Wednesday I don't have anything scheduled and I'm going to try to cook on that day and hopefully I'll have leftovers for Thursday. Could be that that easy. And, uh, you know, maybe because of coronavirus panic, you actually just want to insource more foods. All right. So the the strategy for getting into it is you need to figure out what you eat and then you need to put them on days of the week. Most people eat three meals a day and a couple snacks. You might vary. If you don't know, figure it out because sometimes people are like, I have no idea what I eat. If you're struggling to come up with recipes, I know that I have this problem that happens where I, so I tend to meal plan once a week and then I immediately go grocery shopping. And then when I sit down to do the meal planning on Sunday, I get a case of what I like to call meal planning induced amnesia, where I fail to remember what the heck I eat every time I sit down to plan out my meals. I'm like, I have no idea what I eat. One thing I recommend doing is checking out the websites of different meal kit services. And I'm not even saying you need to subscribe to a meal kit. I think meal kits can be a great jumpstart for people who have never cooked before. But here's the thing. 
they think that you're like dumb, but you're not. And you can totally go on their website and get all of the recipes for HelloFresh, Blue Apron, etc. They put all of the recipes online. And you don't need to pay them for those recipes. And you could just go to the grocery store instead of like having a giant box show up to your house. And you can, guess what? Customize the recipes to your liking instead of, you know, being mad when you get something in your meal box that doesn't work for you. I also find that, like, BuzzFeed listicles that are, like, quick weeknight dinners that you really need to try, those totally help a lot. I'd also beware of when you're looking at recipes that special ingredients that don't actually add a lot to the dishes. Websites and especially meal prep services try to convince you that they're giving you something super valuable and unique by making it a saffron roasted Brussels sprouts. But it turns out like regular old paprika on your Brussels sprouts is pretty good. And most things that are in a recipe are there for a reason. So if it's some kind of flour and it's an exotic flour, it's probably that they're just like, ooh, it's rice crusted flour. But it's really just there to add some sort of, you know, binding agent or to, you know, cover cover whatever you're frying in spices. So think about the components that go into a recipe if you find a special ingredient and you're like, do I really need that kind of vinegar? Um, you can also Google if you're in the situation where you're like, oh my gosh, that is a special ingredient. I'm only going to use it on one recipe, but I do want to try this recipe. One, you, if it comes in a small package, you might want to just try it out. But if it's really expensive or you're not going to use it in other recipes before it goes bad, then you can Google to see if there's an alternative or if it's really important. Because I think that's one of those things where people will be like, do I really need vintage age? balsamic vinegar in that recipe. And then once you start to meal plan, just you'll you'll start to get an idea of the recipes that you eat on a regular basis. So, once you get used to it, create a list of meals that you love and are easy to cook and you can like hang it on the fridge, put it in the kitchen wherever it is. I used to have mine hanging up on my fridge, but it turns out my cat likes to eat slips of paper on the fridge and uh she slowly destroyed every single part of the meal plan that I had on the fridge. So, it no longer lives up there. So, if you also have a paper eating cat, you know, you might want to choose somewhere else. But putting staple recipes into it, the rotation frequently, makes it really easy to just, you only, like, when you get an inspirational recipe, you can just put, like, you can have the one day a week that you do that, like, fun new recipe that I saw on Pinterest that I want to see if it works. And you can, like, always do those on Fridays or do them on Wednesdays because you have that day, you have more time on that night. Whatever it is, like, and then the other staples you fit in into the week. And one of the keys with meal planning is as you start to work through those staples, you'll get a really good sense of when you want those recipes and you're going to get a good idea about when those meals take longer or, um, you know, you might learn like, oh, I shouldn't try to make uh, this, you know, epic stir fry dish on a night that I have uh, don't have a babysitter because it's like absolutely impossible to do on those nights. And this is like a weird thing to say, but check the weather when you're meal planning, because it turns out if you're like, oh, I'm going to plan for this like butternut squash soup or whatever, and then it's like 90 degrees outside, you probably don't want to either eat or cook something that has butternut squash. I also would recommend that like checking the weather is also very helpful if you're going to be using the oven a lot, because one thing I've really noticed is that if I do a lot of roasting heavy foods when it is hot outside, 
it's really miserable to cook those for dinner at 6 p.m. when it's 95 degrees outside and I've just gotten home from work because it makes my whole house really warm. So that's like a thing to consider. Uh, by contrast, I love to roast things in the winter because I might as well heat up my house for slightly cheaper while I make food, right, by having the oven on. So once you get inspired what to eat, start a calendar of what you'd like to cook. Just put it there. One recommendation I have is to go with theme nights. This is especially helpful if you're feeding like kids or a family. So like Monday is pasta, Tuesday is fish, Wednesday is tacos, whatever that is. You just start to riff off of that. And then that makes it a lot easier because you can start to slot the recipes into there. Similarly, if you're new to cooking or not in a place right now where your life is going to allow for a lot of cooking, instead think of different ways you can look ahead at your food supply that are realistic. So bagged spinach and a tub of hummus and a bag of pretzels and several frozen dinners from Trader Joe's sounds like a three-day meal plan to me. Like if you're really stressed out or your health doesn't allow for it, a meal plan is just writing down what you're planning to eat. And it can significantly lower your stress if you're in a, a bad health situation and or you're depressed or you're just like dealing with something where planning elaborate dinners from Pinterest is so not on top of mind, but you still need to get food in you. One of the things I've talked about before, I think of an episode on like, uh, you know, how to save money when you're depressed or like how to deal with your finances when you're depressed. The depression meal, I think it can be extremely valuable when you have no energy and no motivation, what kind of things you can immediately make for yourself. You know, this is true regardless of like where your mental health and schedule is at. Pay attention to what your quote unquote lazy dinners are and look for nights or days that you know you're going to be stressed out. So for me, I know that if I have a work meeting that leaves me at work till 7.30 p.m., or if I do a morning skating session and I had to get up at 4 a.m. that day, I am not going to have the energy to do an elaborate meal. And those nights are the nights that I do something super simple or I plan ahead for leftovers. I'm not going to do something really epic. I also recommend paying attention to what slows you down or what shortcuts you can use. So I eat a lot of Brussels sprouts and chopping and shaving three pounds of Brussels sprouts takes almost as long as the actual roasting of them does. I started to realize that the price difference between pre-shaved Brussels sprouts and whole ones was only a few cents a pound. And it ended up saving me like hours over the course of a month. So it was 100% worth it to me to pay slightly extra to speed that part up. This can be true for pre-chopped veggies, pre-peeled garlic, any of those things that you find are the things that slow you down. I also think that a lot of people feel like they, they see these like gorgeous meal prepper like flat lays on Instagram and they feel like every meal has to be the same meal. Otherwise, they're not being efficient or something like that. You do not need to be a master meal prepper to make a plan ahead for your food, nor does every meal need to be the same. But that being said, utilize leftovers because leftovers are magic. If you want to feel like a super organized Instagram food influencer, you can call it meal prepping. But I think meal prepping is just like millennial leftovers. Leftovers are a staple of meal planning. If you can make a roast tempeh on Thursday, lunch at work can be tempeh sandwiches on Friday. I used to try to make enough of everything I cook to use as leftovers for the next day. But on nights that I make a dish that doesn't keep, for example, I tend to have nachos once a week. Don't judge. I make sure that I know I need a plan for the next day for lunch, like eating out or eating extra leftovers from two nights before. 
But you can also consider having dishes flow into one another. So this is like the AP level meal planning. If you don't like to eat the same thing from meal to meal and like you're not into leftovers, but you want some efficiency, consider how much extra you can make of one part of the meal and use it the next day. So for one vegetable or one protein. For example, you could cook rice on Monday, you could roast squash on Monday, and you could use it in three to four different meals that week. You'd use it in squash tacos. You could use rice in different, you know, stir fries. Rice, for example, gets fluffy with just a tiny bit of hot water or a zap with some water in the microwave. If I make nachos on Friday, while it doesn't make leftovers, there is still cheese leftover from that that can be turned into mac and cheese on Saturday, and the black beans could be a casserole on Sunday. Or you could pack up the leftover chips into small bags for work all week. And then the other thing is to use the meal plan to speed up actual prep time. So for some things, actual cooking takes way less time than the effort needed to remember to do something. So for example, I like my tofu best pressed for about five hours um, and pressing tofu is just literally getting the water out of it. But it takes like two seconds to set up the press, but I have to remember to do it. And if I get home from work at 5 p.m. and I haven't pressed tofu yet and I'm planning to have stir fry that night, it either means the stir fry is not going to be as good or I have to move to another night, or suddenly I'd, I'm not able to cook until like 10 p.m. because I've waited to press the tofu. But having a meal plan means that I know, oh, right before I leave for work, I'm going to have stir fry tonight. I will press the tofu, put it in the fridge the whole time I'm at work, and then it'll be pressed and ready for me when I get home. Hummus takes me about three minutes to actually make in my blender, but only if I pre-prep the garbanzo beans. And the garbanzo beans just need to be soaked. That's all that needs to happen with them. Uh, but I need to remember to do it. So that's one of those things where if I plan ahead for the meal prep, it takes no time. If you've eaten meat, I've heard it needs to be defrosted. Please don't ask me anything about meat. I know nothing about meat, but I've heard you need to plan ahead to defrost it. And that's one of those things where if you're meal planning, you'll actually be able to prep ahead. So I think that's like very helpful. And if you're in the case where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, but I barely cook right now. If you eat out for every single meal, think about your most common meals that you eat out. So see if you can try to find an easy version of that to try out at home as just your first one. So if you eat a lot of Thai, try to follow a pod Thai recipe, for example. And that can be one of those things where you can just start to think about it. The other thing I like to use the meal plan for is anticipation, which I think can be a really great benefit when it comes to actually plotting out uh, my week of food is I mentioned I have nachos about once a week. I actually use nachos as a treat after I know I've had a long day. And both me and my significant other like kind of view nachos as a thing where we're like, oh, we both had hard days at work, so we're going to have nachos. And now because we plan ahead, we actually like on Sunday look ahead and we go, oh man, we both have like a lot of meetings or we're giving presentations on Friday. Friday will be nacho night. Like we will deserve it. Or when one of us comes back from a trip or something like that. And it's great because you spend the whole week thinking about how you're going to do that. <laughs> um, and I think that anticipation ends up being richer uh, for it. And then this is both a just general budgeting food tip and also a meal planning tip. But it, it's the age-old adage, don't go to the store hungry or without a list. So this is one of those things where um, when you actually sit down and plan out your meals, then you want to consolidate what ingredients you need into a list and move it. 
If you start to get into a routine with your meal plan, you may even just have a regular list that you can use each week at the grocery store and you can just slightly alter it. That's the point that I've gotten to with my list and it helps a ton. But it turns out that if I go to the store when I am hungry and without a list, I walk out with a bunch of things and none of them actually end up being meals the rest of the week. And not only have I spent a bunch of money on like, you know, random snacks and like vegan Cheetos, I also am just going to have a much more stressful week because I'm going to have to run back to the grocery store three more times because it turns out vegan Cheetos do not equal dinner three nights in a row. So that's one of the things that I think makes a huge difference. This is the last piece of advice I want to give about meal planning, but I think a lot of people will try to get into this kick as a way to get more budget and health conscious about their food and start planning ahead, and they will woefully underestimate the amount of calories they need in a day, and they will also woefully underestimate the amount of snacks they need. So I'm someone who snacks like three or four times a day. Um, I'm kind of like extremely on the high end of snacking, but Part of meal planning for me is that I plan to get snacks to bring to the office. And I'm not so, you know, routinized that I'm like, I plan I will have popcorn on this day and I will eat one cup of peanuts at Tuesday at 11 a.m. But instead, I know that when I go to the grocery store, I need to get enough snacks that the rest of the food adds up because otherwise I end up being one of those people that knows they have leftovers in the fridge and is really excited about their lunch and I end up eating my lunch at 10 a.m. when I'm at the office when I got in at 8 and then the re- you know at 2 p.m. in the afternoon I'm really hungry again and I don't have anything in the plans so snacks are one of those things that you should plan for as well but if you go to the grocery store when you are not hungry then it turns out you might make healthier and smarter decisions about snacks than if you go to the grocery store when you're stressed at a long day. Well, those are my tips on meal planning. I'm sure some of the people listening are even better meal planners than me. So I'd love to see their tips. Uh, If you have some, come join the Oh My Dollar forums and share on the thread for this episode. We'd love to hear them and share. I'm sure there'll be even more ideas after this episode. If you have any other questions about meal prepping or anything else, you can email them to us at questions at ohmydollar.com or tweet us at Anomalily or at ohmydollar. This show is underwritten by the Tamsin G Association, Warrior Queen, and Galena S. To learn more about supporting the show, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Oh My Dollar is recorded at the X-Ray FM studios in Portland, Oregon, and is syndicated through PRX. You can tweet us at Anomalily or at Oh My Dollar. This episode was engineered and edited by Tony Scholl. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and your host and personal finance educator is me, Lillian Kerbake. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.